Welcome to the Primitive Podcast, Episode 4. I am your host, Roger Beaujard. That first track was a Primitive Brutality track there, an unreleased song. Creatively titled PB26, from probably around, I'm going to say 2000. Wish I could just look at the file here. I should start looking at things before I spew out dates and times, right? Yeah, 2008. And that is uh, kind of a different primitive song there. Didn't make the cut for time displacement. I think it's uh, still a little work needed on that song, but super raw there for you. And it's, uh, I don't know what you want to call it, larval stage. It hasn't come to fruition, that song yet. Maybe it will. We'll see. Maybe it'll go the wayside. But not be forgotten. And that's what this podcast will be about. This, uh, in large, there'll be about a few things. We're going to play a few more, uh, a couple of the last uh, few things I'll play off the label. And uh, we'll play some Woodless Fucktards later and explain all that nonsense. And uh, a few other things, some bits of gore. Going to play a whole bunch of parts of things and, uh, not parts of things, but uh, different shit. Different little side uh, not complete projects, things that were one-off songs and uh, some uh, stuff in progress with some friends and uh, all kinds of neat stuff. All stuff that is, by and large, unreleased. Uh, I'd say about half of what I'm going to play at least is unreleased. Unreleased. So that's not by and large. That's about half. I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. Let me give way to the Grimebot, who does know what uh, he's doing. Is he male or female? I guess, I don't know. These days, I should be careful. Shouldn't assign any gender to the crime bot. He's genderless. He's robot. All right, enough of that. Onward. This is uh, the crime bot doing its thing. This is uh, Imperial Computations. I don't know what you want to call this. You know what it is. But let's not say what it is. We don't want to uh, upset the mouse. If you know what I'm saying. like I was uh, just here a second ago, probably because I was just here a second ago. <laughs> That's what I get for babbling through the entire thing there. Don't worry, though. I will try not to speak over any more music if I can help it. Now, I mentioned Witless Fucktards, and uh, before I can talk about Witless Fucktards, uh, I mentioned the theme of this uh, podcast will kind of be side projects and one-offs of Weird little songs and certain uh, and, and stuff that uh, I did with other people and uh, like me and uh, one other person or me and two other people kind of projects, you know, small stuff, just studio stuff, not live stuff, uh, nothing that got out of the studio, at least as of yet. But uh, witless fucktards, in order to talk about that, I have to first uh, mention some of the parodies I've done. Some of you may have heard the uh, Star Wars stuff that I've done, the... Um, Binary Sunset uh, mix and, and Imperial March and stuff. I put it's up on YouTube. And another thing on YouTube I did a while back was the Deck the Halls Christmas parody, and uh, that got pretty popular. A lot of lot of hits and a lot of views on that one. And uh, kind of uh, did that way back early two thousands, and then kind of became a semi tradition that every uh, year, whenever I feel like it, uh, around Christmas time, if I'm not too busy, I'll do a stupid song if I can think of one. I've done that one. I did, uh, uh, Jesus, I don't even remember right now. I should be prepared, but I am not. But I am prepared with this. I did do one called uh, The 12 Days of Metal, a parody of the 12 Days of Christmas uh, song, of course. And uh, it's silly, stupid. Put up a a silly little video on YouTube with uh, a bunch of crap that's uh, visuals that matches the lyrics for the song. I played around with the lyrics and tried to make it fun. As always, trying to have some fun. And of course, invariably, some douche comes along and tries to piss on your fun. And uh, some guy came along calling it childish and stupid. And I'm like, who the fuck invited you, dude? What, what, what is this now? Why? Why do you even waste the energy to do this? Which I'll never understand people who have to uh, 
go out of their way to tell you they don't like something of yours. It's so strange. I mean, uh, one thing to tell your friends, comment with your friends about it, but to seek out the person and be like, hey, man, yo, I just got to tell you, you suck. <laughs> like it's, it's a weird thing. It's a fucking weird thing. Anyway, so I made a band at him, and uh, that became Witless Fucktards. But first, I will play the 12 Days of Metal. Here you go. Silly parody song. The guy probably just got pissed off at the word Satan or that I involved Satan in it giving things away or whatever. He seemed uh, a little holy roller or whatever he was bitching about. It's been so long, I don't remember. I'm sure the uh, conversations are still up there on uh, YouTube and my Facebook when I was bullshitting about it with people. And uh, I kind of, uh, the fun part about the Witless Fucktards project was that it was kind of all spontaneous number one it was like just uh lyrically like it was it was initially just yelling back at this guy it was literally making making songs at him like fuck you and uh <laughs> i mean the first song is i don't approve which is basically him it's just uh you know it's the asshole who fucking just hey, i don't like your shit man you know you should know i don't like your shit like, you know, people like that have to let you know that crap. It's weird. Like I said before, it's fucking weird to me. But uh, whatever. That's part of existing. And uh, in fact, what really bothered me was that uh, he said I wasn't funny. He said it wasn't funny. That bothered me. That prompted me. <laughs> that inspired me. And uh, this project, unlike a lot of the other projects I do, was not death metal. 
it was probably, if anything, uh, my attempt at trying to sound DRI-ish, which is obviously one of my big influences growing up, the time I did grow up. DRI ruled the time for that crossover sound and uh, before death metal and when uh, thrash metal was mixing and dipping into punk and stuff, and uh, I love that shit. And uh, that's kind of what this this was, a little thrashy, a little heavy, and uh, modern production on it. I, I dig the production I got on the Witless Fucktard stuff. And uh, without any more babbling, I will let you hear it. And this is, uh, this is the first song, like I said. And out of the gate, this is the first time I ever even sang stuff that wasn't gurgles or growls or any kind of stuff. This is more, like, a, like I said, like a punk yell kind of vocal style. And literally, I don't approve. You're hearing the first time I ever sang like that, ever. Like, just out of the raw, you know, just boom. That's, uh, I think, the first take on that song. And it, and it's a little rough, it shows. <laughs> but uh, that's uh, it's a totally different style for me. And it was fun. Like, I didn't know what the hell, how to sing it or whatever. And it just kind of rolled out like that. And that's how it, how it came out. The lyrics were written, obviously, before I sang it, too. And I kind of was humming it in my head as I was writing it. And they're simple songs. They all wrote themselves really quickly. And, uh, like, the lyrics in a couple of minutes. And then the songs within an hour. And, boom, I had a song together, which is kind of how I write when I write that kind of stuff. Like, fun stuff. Like, primitive. Primitive, uh, not primitive, but uh, prosthetic goes really quickly. And sometimes primitive goes quickly too. You know, sometimes I'll write an entire song in an hour or whatever, or sometimes it'll take months, you know. But uh, the fun stuff and the and the collaboration stuff with, with buddies and, and people when we get together in the studio is usually really rapidly written stuff. But uh, so anyway, I said I wasn't going to babble anymore, and I did. I lie. So anyway, this guy wouldn't approve. He wouldn't approve of that shit at all. So without any further ado, I don't approve. Fucktards was born, and uh, I believe that that was out of uh, he called me a witless fucktard. So of course, witless fucktards. Um, <laughs> I'll play another one from that, and I don't want to play the the um, first bunch of songs. Like I said, we're just yelling at that guy, and then I kind of went off on different topics and uh, a fun one always. Uh, and this was done. I should preface this was done. I guess around 2015. This is about three years old at the time of recording this. Um, but it's still the same today. People share shit on social media. They don't fucking read it. There's a headline and they go, oh, look. And they just uh, share and they don't read and even know what the fuck they're sharing. They don't read it. They don't realize it's horse shit usually. And uh, this is, uh, so that's, you know, lyrically, I was bitching at everything that week. I think uh, Weightless Fucktards was all wrapped up within a week or something. This was like I was spitting three songs out a day at least or four songs a day and just posting them on the Facebook account for you guys that follow me that remember that was a little mayhem there that was rapidly written. And um, so this next one uh, was dedicated to all the people who just mindlessly share that clickbait. And this is called Thanks for Sharing. <laughs> Oh, 
I do declare that Facebook doesn't own my posts, but apparently they'll do what they want with them because I just tried to look up something uh, for a song I'm going to play in a second, and uh, the posts are very hard to find. The original link doesn't work, and who knows why they've buried it, and apparently the conversations are altered and things are missing, but hmm, we'll save conspiracies on Facebook for another time. As I said, that was... Thanks for sharing from Witless Fucktards, which is still available in CD format and on uh, Bandcamp, the websites, whatever. I'm tired of plugging shit. You guys know where the fuck to get things. If you don't, go look at a link somewhere. Moving onward, I said how uh, that was a fun project to do. Uh, And it was quick and, like I said, a few days. And uh, a lot of times, a lot of the stupid little one-offs are quick, silly Let's make a song about that, or let's do this, or it's, it's someone's idea, someone sparks an idea in a conversation, conversation, and we just end up with some silly, stupid, one-off song, usually uh, sounding very similar to something that I am currently recording at that time. I'll just uh, open the same project and add some shit to it, so it ends up having the same mix as other stuff. But um, this next one was sparked from a uh, Facebook post I made, which was a silly post about uh, saying something about, uh, I feel like writing an obnoxious, stupid mainstream song about something and and taking the money and buying a really nice car and driving that around and uh, driving that into a house fire while cranking Regurgitate's Bulging Vaginal Septum, which is one of my favorite songs. And uh, (laughs) just a silly post and I think I I can't find the conversations missing. Like everybody's comments are missing on the post here that I'm trying to find to see what some of the things that people say. But if memory doesn't uh, fail me, I, everybody was throwing mortician parody songs out there, and one of the ones that ended up uh, ha- to the name of this little project, which is just one song, was uh, something someone said. I don't know if it was me or somebody else, but it was, it was the project name is Mortal Massacre, and. Uh, the song is The Maybach Murders, and it's a parody of The Hatchet Murders, of course, from Mortician. And uh, silly little fun one-off. I won't uh, babble anymore. I will let you listen to it. Here you go. when I posted it to YouTube for being the hatchet murders from Mortician. <laughs> and I uh, just didn't bother fighting it. I just took it down. Uh, but uh, I, I would have granted myself permission to do a parody of my own song. I won't uh, bore you with those kinds of details. I will bore you with these kinds of details. Um, this next project uh, that I'm going to play here is one I did with the Mighty Matt Bishop, who you know from Lividity and Hideous and Horrific Demise. Uh, did some stuff in a band called Human Artifacts and a bunch of other projects he's had over uh, the years. And um, this project came about when a mutual friend of ours had, uh, I don't know what you want to call it, a meltdown, a uh, guy who will remain nameless for this podcast... And uh, if any of you guys remember what happened, you know who I'm talking about. 
but he had a uh, a little bit of a meltdown and a bunch of us were trying to support him and be like, nah, this or that. And we were all coming from a good place and he was very combative and weird and basically blocked us after calling us all fucking bunch of names and uh, n-word and all kinds of shit and uh, just crazy shit and just uh, I heard talk shit after that or whatever the fuck but uh, just basically said a bunch of shit disappeared and uh, whatever it was in a 12-step program some shit was going on but uh, Matt and I uh, messaged each other and we're, we're kind of like what the fuck was that <laughs> like what the fuck was that what the fuck just happened really weird man but uh how are you man been a long time like you know we caught up for a minute and uh he said he was working on some new software for drum stuff i said hey i'm down to do some guitar shit let's uh jam and we virtual jammed and uh the result was womp rat of course a star wars base project that uh something we both love every time matt and i catch up we talk star wars we talk metal and uh he had a bunch of tracks and wanted some rhythms to it. He didn't want to write the guitar for it. He wanted to just really do the drums and then do the vocals and mix everything. So it was cool for me because it was something I didn't mix. I kind of just did the rhythms, did the came up with riffs real quick and, and uh, recorded them and bass, did the bass real quick, sent it to him. He handled all the mixing and everything, bounced it back to me. And we got, got about three, four rough songs, maybe a handful more in, that are in parts. And I'll play a couple for, for you. And... Uh, project was fun and hopefully we'll get back to it one day we both got super busy lives uh, you know since then i've moved out here to vegas and he's uh off pretty busy with his life and his obligations to his family and uh his current bands and projects that are uh, more serious projects this is just a fun thing that we're doing and hopefully one day it'll get out there and i won't babble anymore here it comes this is womp rat close encounters of the worst kind i'd like to keep this handy Close encounters. I heard that. Mr. Matt Bishop, uh, like I said, he's uh, one of the original guys in Lividity, and you can hear there the uh, the ferocity and the uh, ferociousness of the dueling vocal patterns that he did there. He did both of them, and uh, he did all that. He did the vocals, he did that mixing and the drum programming. I merely added guitars and uh, bass to it, and uh, it came out fun. We got. Uh, I'll play another song later on that one. Another one I want to play. Uh, another project rather is a really old one this is going back really crusty old stuff um i don't think the file name is gonna tell me 
because this has been copied from system to system, but the file hasn't been modified since 1999. So that tells you something. And it's older than that. This is uh, probably, I'd say, earlier 90s, maybe mid 90s. This is from a little project called Cystic Vibrosis. That was uh, three songs that Mr. Danny Nelson from Malignancy and I did. That was, uh, I did all the music for it, and we both did dueling vocals, and it was a lot of fun. We uh, recorded three songs and just uh, real rough copies survived. That was another one from that old Tascam, the legendary Tascam 688 piece of junk, I guess. Well, it was good for what it was at the time. There was no, uh, you know, affordable digital 24 track giant, you know, interfaces like there are now that you can buy for, you know, a G, you know, maybe, maybe even less these days. But, um, you know, we made do with what we had, and what we had made this. This is uh, Cystic Fibrosis. This is track one, and I have no idea what the song title is. Uh, I'll try and dig it up from Mr. Nelson there and uh, amend the links uh, in the link section for this post, but uh, enjoy track one from Cystic Fibrosis. <laughs> sounding primitive brutality sounding a lot of the uh style there for those riffs and uh the sound of course similar like i said a lot of the when we did a little side project it might inadvertently end up sounding like something because of uh like identical production because the uh gear was already set up for that now speaking of primitive brutality i am going to uh play a weird version uh, i've got lots of different versions and i'll sneak them in on the podcast from time to time uh, different versions than the released official, I guess, versions. But uh, Primitive's a weird band. It's not even really a band. It's just a bunch of songs that get written and put out there. Most of the stuff exists as YouTube videos these days and Facebook videos and whatnot. <clears throat> but uh, this one's particularly interesting. This is uh, a version of the human program from uh, Time Displacement, and this is actually tuned up a little higher. I forget why. I don't remember why I tuned this up a little and, and recorded a set of songs. There's three songs that were done. I do everything in G standard, 
uh, for my death metal stuff. And this one was done in B, I believe. B or B flat, I think. And there's three songs. Uh, I'll play uh, the other two on other podcasts. But uh, this one I'm going to play. This is a human, The Human Project. And this is an alternate B version, I guess. B flat version, we'll call it. And uh, here you go. Alternate version, primitive brutality stuff there. And uh, I want to take this time to, um, again, call out to you guys to say, hey, to hit up the website and send me your songs, anything you want to play on here. I've got a bunch of submissions already from you guys. Thanks. I'll be in touch pretty soon. We'll put a whole episode together, maybe in the next week or two. Should be, uh, have enough. We should have enough stuff. And uh, I got to reach out to a couple of people that I have recordings of. I got to make sure it's cool to play their stuff. Uh, I have some rare live stuff. I have some rare recorded in my old studio at the Pocono stuff. We'll try and uh, see if I can get permission to play some of that stuff. I have to talk to a label or two. Hint. Uh, I don't know what kind of hint that is. Why am I even saying hint like that? Like you give a shit like you're going to be at the edge of your fucking seat until the next podcast when I spill the beans. It's ridiculous. Um, So let's move forward with some more nonsense and fun and uh, how far how far down the rabbit hole do you want to go do you want to go crazy far down with the weird side stuff and uh, start playing like not even like I got tons of shit that's not even metal should we even go there I don't even know if uh, maybe who cares well I'm in charge aren't I I guess so uh, why am I asking you how about this we'll play a metalized cover version of uh, of something that that uh, wasn't a metal song originally. How about um, this one here? This is uh, a song by a man named Raymond Scott and the Raymond Scott Quintet. And if you don't know that guy, look him up. He's responsible for most of the early um, music and cartoons, a lot of Ren and Stimpy stuff, lifted versions of his directly, Carl Stalling from... Looney Tunes, who composed all that music, lifted a lot of stuff off him as well. And uh, a little side note, his uh, drummer in the Raymond Scott Quintet was none other than Johnny Williams Sr., who is John Williams, as in Star Wars theme, John Williams' father. So uh, go listen to some of the Raymond Scott stuff and listen to Johnny Williams Sr., uh, jam on those drums and just think about Mr. John Williams writing all these amazing theme songs and growing up with that dude and uh, go look into some of the other crazy digital electronic stuff that Mr. Raymond Scott did. Uh, I got into him a while back. I suggest you check out his weird shit and path 
on this planet. He was a weird guy and did weird music and uh, created some of the first digital tunes. I think he actually did create the first, like, meaty or sort of sequenced sound. And uh, Bob Moog, from the, as in Moog Synthesizer, was a guy who kind of apprenticed under him, if I'm not mistaken. You know, you guys can look all this shit up and be like, he's fucking wrong. But uh, I'm close. I'm close. And it'll prompt you to go look up that dude. And uh, I actually uh, did this one a while ago. This is uh, Powerhouse, which is probably the most recognizable song. You probably recognize it from early Looney Tunes songs, uh, early Looney Tunes cartoons, when ants would come and march away with the food, and they play the dun 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 dun. That is Powerhouse, and there's a. I urge you to go look up on YouTube. I'm sure you can find it. Raymond Scott's original version, which is fucking amazing, from like back in the 30s or whatever the hell it is. And uh, this is my feeble attempt at a cover of it and metalizing it. This is Powerhouse. One day I will uh, actually finish that. That's kind of a uh, minified version, a, a shortened <clears throat> version of what that could be. One day I'll, there'll be another version of that. That's actually version 1.2, it says on the file here, and there's a version 1 hiding around somewhere, which is, uh, I think, just a different mix. Perhaps it doesn't have that long beginning. I don't remember if uh, how much of that song it has. Blah, blah, blah. But, um... Let's move on. I'm going to play something from an old project back in the probably early 2000s that is also not metal per se. It's uh, it's actually not metal at all. Except, I mean, it's got maybe metal guitar sound, but it's more bluesy, if anything. And this was uh, this track was something I just had been playing a bunch, just a little side tune when I, uh, you know, you deviate from things you regularly play and play other crap just to kind of ref refresh your brain when you're too ADD'd out on uh, trying to focus on what you're writing and you just kind of fuck it and go off and do something weird and different and then come back to the th original thing you were trying to write with a fresh mind. At least that's the way my dumbass works um, on occasion. But this song was a, a bluesy riff I'd been writing and uh, ended up writing a few more tracks with this batch of song, another batch of three. There's always three. There's always three when I write with someone else. And the... Uh, the someone else in this case was actually my neighbor's kid. He, he sang the lyrics on uh, one of the songs on uh, this little mini project, and uh, not bad for his first time. That's up on the Bandcamp page. Uh, that's a different song. But this song here, Rumpelman's Skin, uh, dedicated to a fine, fine peppermint schnapps that will kick your ass. Uh, I recommend the next time you're out at the bar, you drink at least six Rumpelmints within an hour and uh, let me know. Let me know how you do. Uh, I'll expect a uh, full report. But uh, without any further babbling, which I'm doing much too much of on this episode, this is Rumpelman's Skin. <laughs>
Ah, yes. I expect all of you to do your homework on the mighty, mighty Rumplemints, the peppermint schnapps of champions. Funny little story about uh, the Rumplemints. I mean, there's about a hundred stories in my past that involve Rumplemints, but I'll give you one. Uh, <laughs> we were uh, on tour. I forget which band it was, but we're over there in in uh, Germany, and we're looking for Rumplemints because we were thinking it's a German drink, and uh, I shouldn't, you know, try. We can't find it. We can't find it anywhere. We're like, what the fuck? Why don't they have? And they're like Rumplemints. You know, they're all, you know, uh, my <laughs> feeble attempt there to German English. Um, and uh, no one had it. And then when I get home, I look at the bottle, and it says fucking product of Canada. Yeah. So we were uh, very wrong and looked like foolish Americans, which we are. But uh, I think uh, that drink goes back to a bar called The Lowdown. And uh, that was a place in Mount Vernon. Uh, quite a few metal bands played there. I believe we played there with Mortician, I'm pretty sure, back in the day. And... Uh, God, I can't remember shit from back then. My my memory's foggy, but uh, we always drink it uh, before drinking it straight, before realizing, hey, the Jägermeister's watering this down. Um, <laughs> there was a drink called a Screaming Nazi that uh, was half Jägermeister, half Rumplemints, and we used to just order that by going up to the bar and going, ah, just screaming at uh, the bartender. Uh, I think his name was Jim. I can't remember because, like I've told you before, I'm 100,000 years old and the memory's fading. But uh, <laughs> that that drink, uh, also because of Rumplemints, the memory's fading from those early days. Don't drink too much anymore. But uh, So uh, try it. You could do your homework either way. You can uh, try just uh, straight Rumplemints, or you can try a Screaming Nazi. Do a little half Jaeger, half Rumplemints. But truth be told, the Rumplemints are stronger, and you are just watering that down with the Jaeger. Not that I'm trying to contribute to your alcoholism. That's your job. Now... Speaking of Germany, um, Switzerland is just south and to the west. <laughs> and that is where the great H.R. Giger is from. And you're familiar with him from the Aliens movies. He's the guy that created the creature. And uh, not all the time are silly side songs I do are one-offs uh, about fun or prompted by something silly. Sometimes I... I uh, there's a few times I've done a, a tribute song or I've done something when someone's passed away. And, and one of the ones I did was Giger. I did a, a little song for Mr. H.R. Giger and kind of put it under primitive. And it was done in that style for whatever the hell, like I said, batch of songs I was recording. And this was a little one-off, uh, you know, heard that he had died and was uh, bummed out. It was like, fuck, I'm just going to write a song. Because sometimes I do that and I'm weird. And it's one of the things I do. And you just got to deal with it or not because no one asked you like to, uh, I mean, I probably did. I probably hounded you on Facebook to listen to this shit, but no one's making you stay, man. If you're this far, it's your fault. So, uh, without any further ado, this one is uh, dedicated to the mighty, magnificent artist, uh, Mr. H.R. Giger. This is Giger. <laughs> Giger there. 
uh, from primitive brutality technically that's uh, kind of that's just a little one-off there I'm gonna start uh, winding down the show and we'll play another uh, couple of tunes from all the bands uh, projects and little side things we'll play another track or two here and uh, call it a show uh, this next one going back to um, Womp Rat with my good buddy Mr. Matt Bishop there this one uh, I'm not gonna babble any further I've already like I said talked too much on this one this one is Wampa's Icy Fun House. Your tontile freeze before you reach the first marker. Then I'll see you in hell. Super fun, another song there from the Womp Rat Project uh, with myself, Mr. Matt Bishop. Hopefully one day we'll get back to that. We're both uh, pretty busy with stuff. He's uh, he's about to be pretty busy, too. I think he's got something, a uh, sh- bunch of shows, more than I do, coming up. And uh, I know he's also plagued with life, like I am having to uh, live a real life outside of metal. It's tough. Again, I'd like to uh, call out to everybody who wants to send some music in to go ahead and hit up the primitivepodcast.com website, fill out the form, send me your links to your songs, and I will play them on the air. Until then, I will uh, force you to listen to more nonsense that I have put out through the years, like this next one uh, from Witless Fucktards. This one was aimed at the... uh, the duck-faced selfie queens of the world. This one, uh, well, it explains itself. This one's called Selfie Queen, and this is what it sounds like. Yeah. 
listen to the uh, entire Witless Fucktards release, you can hear the progression of my voice as uh, I got higher and higher towards the end of that release from uh, yelling almost like Lemmy in the first song to almost actually singing, singing towards the end of that and not uh, very out of my comfort zone of just gurgling and growling. But uh, before I... uh, get out of here i did uh, say i would play some bits of gore and uh, the latest info because uh, i was asked this the other day uh, the latest info with bits of gore is i'm going to kind of go back to the well i didn't really explain it or properly introduce it at all have i because i think this is the first time i'm playing it on the podcast i'm playing any bits of gore stuff uh bits of gore since uh, Mortician is winding down as we become 100 and uh, moving on to 200,000 years old, we will be playing less and less shows and maybe crank out an album or two before we call it a day for the band and uh, play even less shows until we croak or whatever. Um, so uh, there's a bunch of stuff written for the forthcoming Mortician album and we're going to write a bunch more and we're going to redo some old songs and put out a final bloodbath style sequel to that with uh songs that uh were not on that and we're going to do them with the current lineup of uh mr will Raymer, sam and sarah and myself and uh, that'll be a lot of fun to do and then we'll do the full-length album finally we're not on a schedule like we said uh, we've said plenty of times so quit hounding us but uh <laughs> bits of gore getting back to the point of this, uh, was born out of necessity, I guess, a place where I knew I wouldn't be really writing Mortician riffs forever, ever, maybe one more release worth. So I, I still want to write those style of riffs. So Bits of Gore became where I was, I am going to, uh, you know, do stuff that I probably would have ended up in Mortician had Mortician gone on for years and years and years. Um, with a twist, of course. The initial idea for Bits of Gore was actually born out of going way back. The band sat dormant band, me doing like a 10 second video, if you want to call that a band, it was uh, back in the in uh, the early days of Instagram. I thought it'd be funny, uh, be cool to try and do a 10 second micro grind band. And I did a mini, mini video uh, called Forgotten Cemetery that's on my Instagram and uh, you go look it up. And it was literally like 10 seconds, a little blurb. And it was a, that was the first bits of gore, anything. And then it sat for many years. I, I'd written four or five micro songs and then life got me. I was doing shit and uh, never really finished the, the concept. Then uh, years later, once, uh, you know, take it forever for Mortician to, to get to our final album there or whatever you want to call it. Uh, and, uh, I, I, I thought exactly what I told you. Like, let me let me uh, do something uh, with the bits of gore name and and make it, uh, you know, death metal grime band horror influenced. And you got the uh, bits of gore uh, backyard tomb demo, which was uh, two songs, and then that evolved into uh, an e- little EP, a limited EP that I put out that's out of print now. You go check it out on Bandcamp and listen uh, on there. But uh, that will also be the final format of that kind of format where uh, I'm writing stuff uh, based on other movies and that kind of stuff. The future bits of gore stuff will be, uh, uh, hopefully, will come together pretty like I envision it and will be a multimedia experience. And uh, we'll have a little movie, it'll be a little death metal, and we'll see what happens. We'll see if we can get this together. We, the people in my head again. But uh, for now, the... Uh, Bits of Gore that has been released. This is, I'm going to play one off the, the EP that was released. This is Unholy Sister. Oh, please forgive me, Father. I see him in every one of them. I can't control myself.
is the uh, that is bits of gore unholy sister off the unholy mix version of that off a uh, bi- uh, backyard tomb there's uh, nothing really unholy about it there were no uh, there were no chants there was no singing nobody had a funny hat it's just a uh, just different mix and uh, I think that's going to about wrap it up. I have a lot of other random little things that uh, I think maybe are not even for this podcast. Maybe they'll branch off into a separate uh, something I'll do on my personal website or something. But uh, I'm going to wrap this one up. And uh, this has been fun playing a, a couple of tunes from uh, people that I've done projects with. And some again, some other stuff inspired by other people on the Internet and people uh, like that dummy on YouTube and... Uh, uh, it's been fun, for me at least, and I hope you had some fun, and if you make silly music, I applaud you, and uh, never be afraid of what anyone fucking thinks, just make silly music, make stupid shit, you know, make an alien band that plays grind, I'm, uh, I'm all for that, obviously, even uh, make a robot grind band, you know, you could do that, do anything, just remember to uh, have fun, and if you're uh, alien, uh, alter ego from your alien band, grind band, uh, porno grind band wants to put out a uh, club music EP, I guess you can call that nonsense. You got to support him and his endeavors. And uh, I'll leave you with this one from that uh, pesky green alien from Prosthetic Hunt and his side project uh, from Com2 uh, from his album The Green One. This is Spacey McGee, and I'll talk at you next time.